this, this is it. This is No Laugh Track Podcast, episode 153. Uh, Yeah, Uh, damn right, that deserves a woo. Uh, Thank you to Circle of Heat, as always, letting us play their music. My name is Justin Severson. I am the host. My guest this week is headlining, of course, at Acme. Uh, The very funny, the incredibly talented. Can we please turn that mic off? Uh, We're not quite ready for him. Um, (laughs) And he's been here before, and by here I mean on this podcast. My hero. My hero. <laughs> Handsome. <laughs> Elegant. <laughs> Stunning. Shane Moss is here. Shane. I've never gotten to give myself my own um, uh, ridiculous intro before, so I hope you don't mind me ruining yours. <laughs> that, that's fine. I had nothing rehearsed. <laughs> you did, however... Give yourself an intro at on a uh, your special that is on Netflix right now. Yeah, 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 I, I did. Um, you know that was uh, that was interesting, and it kind of, I think it kind of ruined my special a little bit. What I ended up doing, um, what I ended up shooting. So this is the idea. What what I was trying to shoot, it, how it edited together like just fine. At the, what we ended up using at the end, but. So my idea was I wanted to show like a behind the scenes of like what goes into making a comedy special. Yeah, this one's just for people, this mating season. Yeah, mating season on Netflix. And and the original idea was that's how, you know, sometimes comics start with like a little sketch before getting into the special or whatever. Yeah. And so I was thinking maybe, I was like, well, you know, whether we use it or not, I'll just shoot it and see what happens. And... And um, and so I wanted to show, like, you know, getting your makeup and hair done and wardrobe choices and what backstage is all like the and blow. all that. And, and what's that? All the blow. Oh, yeah, just just the piles <laughs> and piles of, of blow. No, so, uh, unfortunately, this um, the the comedy business isn't booming anymore. So so now it's it's just like it, instead of the piles of blow it's, it's like if you're lucky they're like, "Hey, I got an extra Adderall <laughs> <laughs> for you if you want it." <laughs> um, uh and so it shot all this stuff and and um and then I wanted to show that there's an opening act. Oh, okay. And, and so I just went out and like rather than like deal with uh, having someone else sign the rights to everything else, and I, I just decided to open for myself, and I thought it would be kind of a funny thing to do. Yeah, and um, and then like the end kind of punchline of all this was was going to be, and it's what you see at the end yeah. it, it, is that uh, like I I stop, I'm like, there's just one more thing, like I I gotta do, guys. It's just a, you know I got very sentimental and everything. It's just you know all the greats have done this, and then I I walk backstage and then bring out a t-shirt cannon <laughs> and uh, and fire uh, fired off a t-shirt cannon, and then. I went backstage again, and then I gave myself my own intro, which is actually, I had the idea for it because I would sometimes open for these really big acts in, like, enormous theaters, and, and, um, 
and I'd be backstage and, and someone would be like getting my credit and I could tell they'd be all nervous and everything about introducing me. So right. I'd just be like, ah, because they're just like a stage hand right. or whatever. They don't know who you are. Really. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they didn't want to like screw up the credits or anything else. And so I would just do my own intro, <laughs> walk out and then make fun of me doing my own intro. And nice. so I kind of liked that. I yeah. thought that was funny. And, and so, so I did that for the taping of my special, and um, and it turns out like it wasn't the best thing to do because um, I can't follow a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> um, like, like I, I did really well opening for myself, and then like the rest of the show is just like, yeah, that's funny. No but, more like, t-shirts. Can you bring the t-shirt cannon back out because that's awesome. <laughs> Where do you even get a t-shirt cannon? Um, I think they rented one. Um, it was a weird call to make to to talk with my production company, New Wave, and be like, listen, guys, I need a t-shirt cannon. Um, I just have this idea for this thing, and it's just going to require a t-shirt. You're just going to have to get me a t-shirt cannon. Did, and, did you uh, end up finding finding out what kind of PSI runs through those? Like how much pressure is shooting out? Could you I know, take someone's eye out? I knew with that. With a t-shirt. I did know that at some point, oh. and I couldn't even take a stab at oh, it okay. anymore. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. Uh, did but they warn you not things, to aim it at someone's face? Well, um, a little bit, because <laughs> they had they had all practiced with it, <laughs> you know, uh, beforehand. Yeah. And it was like it was way too powerful. They kept on trying to turn it down, but it's like meant for like stadiums, right? And you're or whatever. In a and I'm in a little theater, <laughs> and so it was like going up to the top balcony. Yeah. So if I wanted anyone like anywhere near the front, I would have to like point it straight up, yeah. and then and then it would come down, and it, it made for some really great footage. Um, but. Uh, uh, it, it was it was really funny that people would like like they saw this thing just launching like way up in the air and into the balcony and stuff. There'd be like a guy in the front row, oh, like yeah. right here, like what? Yeah, <laughs> what? Oh, I know. You think I'm just going to shoot you point blank? Oh, I know. With, like I will knock your head off yeah. with a t-shirt. Yeah. You will die from t-shirt cannon. <laughs> here, open your mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I work at uh, like Twins games, Vikings games, Wild games. I see the T-shirt cannon all the time, and I see what you're exactly what you're talking about. Because they'll like at a Twins game, the guy will have the T-shirt cannon on the field, and yeah. they're shooting it like you said in the upper deck, yeah, yeah, yeah. hundreds of feet away. Yeah. And there's kids in the third row. You get to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> Weird Al reference yeah. for us all. UHF. If you haven't, if you didn't get that reference, you guys are missing out on one of the greatest comedies ever made. Ever made. Still holds up to this day. Probably, I, I guarantee you that you you can't find me. To, uh, I I don't think you could show me a movie that would make me laugh harder than just watching you. Uh, 
UHF again for like the hundredth time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll still laugh harder uh-huh. at that than any fucking yeah. new Ted Two or whatever like movie oh, might, yeah, might be no. coming. God, no. I haven't seen the first one. I heard it was good. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If I, I'm not a huge fan of what's his name, the guy. Himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Me. Either. I think you have to like him to like Ted. But uh, he really yeah. blew it with that West um, movie. But, yeah, the, whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah, the Wild West. Bullshit. Even with isn't Selma Hayek in it? Even that can't get me to watch it. Um, well, Sarah Silverman was in it. Oh, too. yeah. And, you know the. Uh, um, ah, fuck! I, I can't. I think remember. it's called Wild Wild West, right? Uh, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. I don't know. No, it was no, terrible. No. Uh, Conan the Librarian. That's what pops into my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know the Dewey Decimal <laughs> System. Shoot! <laughs> <laughs> Slices of an abs. Such so many great quotes. You know what else holds up is um, that I would have just assumed was pure garbage to watch as an adult um, until I saw it like a, a few years ago as an adult. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. Is uh, Pee Wee's yes. Big Adventure. I almost said it at the same time you did. Yes. I mean, yeah. unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like absolutely brilliant and so uh, i hadn't seen it since i was like fucking 10 or something like that oh, so i didn't yeah so i i was like oh, i was probably just a dumb kid you know it probably is no good it is fantastic i uh, i think i've actually said this on the podcast before so i apologize but uh i loved that movie so much that when, when i was a kid we didn't have a vcr so we'd have to rent one anytime we wanted to watch movies yeah, yeah. and i a lot of times would rent pb's the Adventure. renting of the vcr yes. man yeah, wow my right? parents did that crap too it was uh-huh. like it's a birthday party, so yeah. we get to rent a VCR. However, only if there was a coupon in the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, way too expensive. I know. Even to rent. Oh, um, that's that's. Are you from the Midwest as well? St. Paul. Right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is. That's some real Midwestern. Hell yeah, uh, it is. Uh, thrifty bullshit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i <laughs> not trusting technology <laughs> we're like, gonna hold off on this yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna hold off on i don't this. know i'm not sure movies in the house <laughs> are gonna take off <laughs> they're loyal to the theater what can i say yeah, yeah. <laughs> i uh <coughs> excuse me so i loved that movie so much and couldn't get a copy at home. I mean, I could buy my own, you know, $80 VHS copy at the time or right. just rent it every now and then. And, but in order to get my fix, I put a um, one of those old-timey freaking recorders with a cassette tape, and I recorded just the audio of Pee-wee's Big really? Adventure. Yes. Oh, that is So I could awesome. listen back to the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That is awesome. That, oh, all the stuff we used to dub on those dumb tapes. Oh, Ridiculous. Yeah. You don't still have always any, do you? have it record. No, no. I used to always have. I wish I would have kept what I had because my uncle gave me like a briefcase full <laughs> of these cassette yes. tapes with like Guns and Roses and like all this stuff that I shouldn't have been listening to. <laughs> right, and I so wish I would have kept that uh-huh. because. If I had that now, like it would be an awesome like display, display. in a yeah. house. Like it was <laughs> badass. But yeah, we uh, so we talked about the um, the the special that you have on Netflix. Was that is that the only place you released that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it was they released the audio on um, on iTunes and and all that, but it's like you know, 
why why most people aren't going to download that when they can just watch it on Netflix. Yeah. Why, yeah, yeah. Why don't you rather watch the thing? So, so, um, so yeah, it was, you, you could get it, uh, the audio version of it as well. But it was also, I, I made another choice, which was to not mic the audience because I always, um, and I knew better too, but I, I don't like, um, the audience laughter and like, that like the crazy like over the top <laughs> audience like, like i don't like going to comedies in a theater because people laugh at things that i don't think are funny and then they don't laugh at things that i think are funny and i hate like having my feelings dictated by these stupid masses and <laughs> i know exactly so, what you mean <laughs> And so, um, and so, I just wanted to get all the audio straight, so you'd like hear it, but it, like it was there, yeah. but it wasn't like loud or anything. Well, no one's ever done that before, oh. and so people just think I was bombing <laughs> the whole time because they're so used to yeah. hearing. Yeah. So it's like, and it's weird. It's just this weird subconscious. Thing. Well, you know what you need to do is put an audio track like on your website of just laughing, and then people can sync it up. (laughs) That would be really funny. Uh, Countdown: three, two, one. Really loud laughing, and my voice in the background, like you can sort of hear what they're (laughs) laughing at. Yes, maybe a little bit, but it's mostly just the laughing. So that was. uh, lesson learned. Probably shouldn't have experimented so much on my first special, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I love taking chances. Yeah. So now, like I, uh, we talked briefly before uh, we started recording. I put my money where my love of comedy is and bought your brand new album yesterday. Thanks, man. And I did it on iTunes because I read on your Twitter feed something about that's better for you. Yeah, I mean the I mean the thing is is that it I mean really the best thing you could do if you really wanted to help me out is buy it on iTunes and then listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> so that I'm still getting like the, those numbers on Spotify as well just it would work out the best that way. Okay, you don't fine. have to do that. I'm just saying if you're like I really need to help this guy out. <laughs> he sounds pathetic. Um uh then you know uh that that's probably but i don't ask people to do that um so yeah i itunes is is where all the there's no like charts for amazon yeah. or anything yeah and itunes is where the charts are so a lot of people if they're like i want some stand-up i'll look at the charts they look they just look at the itunes charts it pulls up on if you just pull up the comedy section and then you look at charts you see the rankings and for for um like uh, several days the album was at number one which was like way beyond my expectations so i was like really uh, annoying half of my fan base on social media plugging the hell out of it trying to to do you know it's weird because that's what i don't like you got uh, like the twitter and the facebook and all this stuff and people are like Hey, I like this guy as a comic. I'll follow him on Twitter. But then they are like, but don't like promote your shows or like promote right. seeing you Only live or your laugh. albums. Just your dumb like tweets. Otherwise, I'll unfollow you. And it's like, well, what do you think I'm doing this for? Yeah. 
Exactly. Like, I mean, there are comics that just love tweeting and being a part of the circle jerk that is Twitter. (laughs) And, you know, and that's probably why they're doing so well on it. But, uh, I mean... Why why would I sit around wasting my time on this fucking pathetic <laughs> social media? I mean, it's it's like, yeah, yeah. I I get very like cranky old manny about Twitter. <laughs> like, go outside. <laughs> I mean, it's just so annoying. Like, we're we're just having lunch, and I'm sitting there like looking at my Twitter. I'm trying to have a conversation with you, and then I'm like. Hold on, man. I gotta, I gotta write a tweet back to these people. And it's like we're all so addicted, and I, I, I mean, I'm just projecting clearly at this point. But it, it's, it's so stupid. It's such a waste of time. And it's like I'll waste that time if there is some payoff. Yeah. Meaning, like you guys are like listen to my podcast. Here we are. Um, is the name of my podcast, by the way. Um, I talk with scientists about life. It's good. Um, and um, subtle plug there. We'll get to um, it. And, and then, um, uh, but, you know, like, you, you got to, like, come to a show or something. Like, that's the whole point. Right. Like, is Twitter that good that you don't want to see live stand-up right, anymore? Right. You would rather read stream of conscious like mediocre i'm not putting my best stuff on twitter it'll get stolen and right. shit i'm putting like throwing spaghetti against the wall on twitter. <laughs> that's the other thing too when people expect it to be like really awesome and funny it's like dude that's a tweet it's a dumb tweet i throw out several of them a day right it's just a dumb thought that i had like you realize that comedians like craft jokes and work on things. I don't know. Now I'm just yelling at people for no reason. <laughs> you haven't gotten into arguments with people, have you? On Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes. <laughs> I used to all the time. I don't really so much anymore. Yeah. Um, I did recently just because um, I, I did just the other day, but it was the first one I had in a while. And it was mostly just me being excited to get in a Twitter art because I like I don't say very many I used to be like very into like pushing boundaries and shock value ish kind of stuff and it's just like that got boring to me after a while I don't do it as much as I used to okay and so my stuff is um is is not just like controversial you know it's uh, after a while it's just like all right let's let's see if I can think of a way to uh, to justify genocide through through a joke, you, you know, uh, like uh, you know, people, uh, you, you watch like Louis C.K. on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. It's like, oh, let, let's uh, talk about how child molesters must it must feel really good to have sex with children. It's like, dude, you're just trying to think of the most shocking thing you can say, and then trying to, it, like, that's a fun experiment to see if you can like break down things logically and get away with things but after a while it's like if that's all you do it's boring like interesting everyone can do that yeah um and and so i just got i i used to do that all the time and then and i love louis ck by the way it's just that like when i started louis ck wasn't a name uh daniel no one knew who daniel tosh was doug stanhope was a guy who had burned every bridge and couldn't work anywhere and and so 
And so it was like, it was a different thing to be pushing those boundaries. And then like once those guys were taking off and like Jesselneck and stuff is like, well, those guys are all doing a fine job with that. So I'm going to find a, a different niche yeah right um for myself because i'm not going to do it as well as as they can yeah and by the way i liked that i like louis ck's thing on saturday night i i enjoyed that whole thing it's just like after a while that that it becomes a little sticky yeah. to me and and disingenuous and it's like you're not really saying anything real you're just like all right, let's see how how much i can get away with talking about pedophilia <laughs> you know uh, okay you can do that if you want. Yeah, but you're not you're not actually saying anything. You know, you didn't make any good points. Yeah, about life. You didn't make me think. You just got away with an over the top thing. You know. So, um, so what got me into that? And I don't, oh yeah, Twitter Twitter argument. Especially coming from a comedian's perspective versus a, uh, you know, just like the average consumer of comedy or somebody who just tunes into SNL on a Saturday night and doesn't watch anything else. It's just like I wasn't offended by it and I liked it and I did laugh. I was just a little bored by it, actually. So it's like after a while, it's like, like I can, I could go home today and I could write a joke about why genocide is good. You know, just break it down logically, you know, maybe overpopulation is a problem or something like that. And I could figure out a way to get people to laugh at that if I wanted to. Yeah. But so what? Like, we all know genocide's not good and I'm (laughs) saying a stupid thing and I'm just like being ridiculous. I'm not actually saying anything interesting, you know. Um, So... So anyway, but I, that's about, it was a Twitter argument. So I got another, I, I posted a thing about, um, about how happy I was that Mad Max figured out a way to, um, like dupe, uh, dupe women into, um, seeing mindless action films. Mm-hmm. Cause they have, it's like apparently some big feminist <laughs> film or yeah, something yeah, like that. I've heard it, that. It's not. No. It's not at all. It's the opening scene with women is them like basically having a wet t-shirt contest and spray. Have you seen the film? I haven't. Well, it's like, it's not a feminist movie. <laughs> There's, it's like, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful artistic film and it's really great and well done. And it has, zero plot yeah and anyone I heard that thinks that there's a plot anything's anyone seen in a while yeah and people are trying to make this thing uh, uh, like the, because there's a strong female lead that didn't and 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 so then i was like arguing with people on twitter about it because a spoiler alert this isn't a big deal but the 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 whole thing that that is like what's empowering is that um that like her and Tom Hardy never had like any kind of a sexual thing or anything like that in, Boom. In, okay. in, in in the movie. It was always just like they were both in this situation and fighting for this thing and they never have it's like oh is that what empowering is? You got you got the best looking and nicest dude in the Mad Max world, and you don't want to fuck him, that's somehow empowering. <laughs> I wanna fuck Tom Hardy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like what? I keep thinking there's something wrong with you for not wanting to. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's nothing. In, I don't know. It, it was a wonderful, wonderful film. The whole like, yay, girls is uh, is silly. So was that upsetting to a couple girls on Twitter then? Um, 
And dudes too. Oh, really? That I mean, you know, um, it, feminism, like every political uh, poobish, I consider myself a feminist. Really, I mean, I I think women should get equal pay and 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 that uh, sort of stuff. But like this idea of like uh, <laughs> of somehow it, it what bothers me is that that um like there like every feminist has their idea of what feminism is and if you don't subscribe to what their version is then like you're an asshole so like most feminists are just fighting with one another <laughs> about like what feminism is and and it was so strange to be like i don't know why and it didn't bother me i was just i actually liked that about the film that it became this political thing yeah and i just wanted to take part in it because i thought it was silly i was just fucking with people sure sure um but it is funny to me that like the idea of feminism was like oh here's a woman that's like a dude like she's basically just like right, a dude right, right, right. like shooting people and doing like mindless like action shit uh-huh. like what uh, like how is that and not wanting to have sex with the other guy uh, yeah, yeah yeah like why is that i i don't i don't mm. get how that is empower like when it, when an empowering movie be like about a female president or something like like mm-hmm. that to me seems like yeah. empowering mm-hmm. for women i have daughters and i would think so yes not not just uh, i don't know yeah. i i didn't i didn't get the whole thing and i wasn't upset with it but i acted like i was on twitter and, and, and <laughs> so it was you just fun. so you made the uh, did you see that opening weekend um yeah i did did you also go see pitch perfect too because that was the big thing did people go see pitch perfect i never saw pitch Man? perfect one me neither uh, i hear i hear it's a wonderful film yeah and I hear everyone likes it, and I I don't know anything about it. I don't get. I don't know what. I don't even know what the premise is. I don't really. I I do only because my what's it? What is the premise? my fiance saw it? Uh, they're singing against each other, but it's a comedy. <laughs> you know, I can't under. Now I want to see it just because I can't understand how that can possibly be good. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people like it. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people. I have a lot who I have a lot of respect for their sensibilities. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. And, like really. Like lo- several guy friends of mine made it a point to see it opening weekend. Yeah. It was yeah. so first one so funny. Really? How did I miss that? Huh? How did I miss that? Yeah. I don't know. I'd never even heard of it until the second one came out. <laughs> I, I, I guess I had. I guess I had, but yeah. yeah. I uh, let's talk more about your um, the big release that you know that we started talking about the my big break. Um, it's really funny, man. Thanks, it's man. Really funny. Thanks. It's I really funny. It. I bought it yesterday and then uh, listened to it all the way through. It was. It's really, really good. It's really good. Did you? So it's obviously it's written or it's a lot about. What happened to you? Yeah, it's about your... breaking both my feet. Is it, well, you know, it is and it isn't. Um, I kind of used that. So actually, what happened? The backstory of it, which might make it more interesting for for people when you do listen to it, is I had because um, I have my podcast where I go around talking with scientists, and I've been trying to weave science into my act and kind of talk about um, the human condition and and uh, a little bit of a different way and. Um, and mating season was like my first kind of whack at that, but I was really careful with mating season to make it exceptionally accessible. And like, I didn't, I, I wanted it to be very inclusive. I wanted it to be people that 
wouldn't normally be interested in science. Like, I liked that I was able to build an act where I could go into a room in, like, Dallas, Texas, and be talking about evolution in a way where a bunch of, like, diehard creationists would be laughing. Like, they didn't, like, it was kind of like me sneaking it in. Gotcha, yeah. Um, you know, and, and people, and, like, I remember I'd have, like, drunks and cowboy hats coming up to me afterwards, like, man, I never thought I'd laugh at science. That was funny. Like, I liked that. That uh, I think a lot of um, uh, a lot of comics, um, and I know I used to be this way. I was like a very angry atheist. Is always just like, oh, these people are a bunch of idiots and they're so stupid. And I think that that a lot of people. I mean, I'm from a very religious family in Wisconsin, and and I was very like angsty about it for a very long time yeah but i think a lot of people just have never been given the opportunity to really actually learn about this stuff because if you hear if you just hear that like we came from fish i mean that's the dumbest thing anyone could say really and it's true it ha- but like how fucking crazy <laughs> is that but unless like you really break it down to explain to someone like how that came to be it doesn't make any sense at all and so i did want something that was like kind of inclusive Uh, the drawback of that was that mating season was a little bit like hokey and corny because i kind of made some compromises just to be more inclusive Hmm. and i didn't like really go for it and, and challenge myself so and then that was, I kind of intentionally did that. And that was the idea all along was that I would start off with just like a little bit, just like subtly getting people in. And then I would take it to um, a step further and and um, and go a little darker with things. And, yeah. and so I had written this act um, before I broke my feet. This is exactly what I was going to ask you, how things is, one of the questions I was going to ask is how things changed, like what you had planned versus what ended up happening yeah so before i broke my feet i had constructed this act the premise was basically um about it's not going to sound funny um uh, but it, it's about the kind of the adaptive functions of negative emotions and why we have these uh uh, like fears and things like that. Like a, a lot of times fear is meant to keep you out of danger. Yeah. yeah. It might not feel good, but it's, it's meant to keep you alive. Right. And, and that was kind of the premise of, of this hour I was working on and it was coming along really nicely and audiences were really responding to it. And I figured I was like probably six months away from recording okay. it. Then I broke both my feet. Yeah. And then I had to take three months off because um, I couldn't travel or anything really, um, and and the one the one foot was like really touch and go and and in real bad shape and so um, I just I I had to really limit even how much I was on crutches and everything because there'd be times where if I slipped a little bit it was and put any little bit of weight on on the real bad foot because it was it had exploded and they put it they put all this hardware in but the bones were they they screwed in the bones where they hoped they would be one day there was like all these spaces between 
the bones because they they broke apart. It'd be like if you broke apart a candy bar or something and tried to put it back together, there'd be all the stuff missing, yeah. like all the all the crumbs and everything. It wouldn't just fit back together perfectly and that's kind of what happened with all my bones so they were kind of free floating there for a while so so anyway so i took three months off and you know and then i was gonna be on crutches for an indeterminate amount of time which i didn't i didn't think i at the time i thought like i'll take three months off and then i'll be maybe on crutches for a month after that hopefully on a cane for a little while after that and it just turned out to be an extremely serious injury. And, and so so then I had to write all these jokes about breaking my feet and being on crutches and everything. And it just happened to fit in with all this material awesome. that I had written yeah. about, um, you know, why we feel bad sometimes. And, and, and because it was – the act was working really well, but there was no um, – there was, like, nothing personal about it. Um, I, it was just like, here's the concepts and here's the, I, I, I don't attach to like personal stories and stuff as much. I know audiences do. So I tell them a lot mm-hmm. just to convey messages, but I, I like really big ideas. Okay. And so, so a lot of my stuff can sometimes seem detached, um, for, cause a lot of people just respond to personal stuff. And so it actually kind of it fits so well because it added this personal element uh, to it. So it wasn't just like me speculating on other people's problems. <laughs> this is me dissecting my yeah. own. It fits together perfectly. Yeah, it, it really fits together really, really well. So, so like you know, maybe maybe a little more than um, half the material I already had. Okay, and at least probably like 60% of the material I already had. And then 40% of it was written, um, about and after breaking my feet. Yeah. And so that's why I was able to kind of crank it out pretty quickly. And, um, I, I knew within a few months I was like, okay, this is ready to go. It actually would have been out sooner, but, um, I got a bone infection and needed a second surgery and things actually got, way way worse before they got better and none none of that stuff is in the album because i tried talking about it a little bit and it just made it just bummed people out too much <laughs> that that was part of the difficulty with this album is says that people will like there are some things that are like um that will make people cringe and people will have a hard time laughing at uh you know like if you talk about for example um, people will ask me how, if I knew if my feet were broken right away mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I, I knew because I heard them breaking. Oh. Yeah. And so you had that reaction and everyone else had that reaction, yeah. um, just now. And, <laughs> and so that's a hard thing to get a laugh out of. Um, you know, and, and you can, it's just, it's just a matter of how much time I want to dedicate to making this thing about this temporary situation and now like now i'm in a point where i'm on this cane and so i still kind of have to talk about why i right i'm on a cane but i want to get rid of all my material from this new album so it's like what am i just gonna make another album about breaking my (laughs) one album per foot um and and uh and, and then and it's the other thing is it's difficult is is people will often, um, like I felt like this last night, 
actually acme acme doing the show a lot of times um people will want to like advertise their empathy um so so it's like when like when people groan at a joke that you know damn well they like aren't actually offended by or whatever but it's more about advertising to others like hey i recognize that that is i should not be a offended and i should be offended it, it's a it's about them mm-hmm. and so oftentimes um it it will it, it's you know you know what's funny and especially because i am definitely i mean it would be hard for me to deny that i'm um very very much leaning toward the left uh, especially in a social uh, mm-hmm. way but but um and actually in a fiscal way too i'm i'm definitely uh liberal by any standard but i um especially from learning about science and everything else i i often i don't like that label so much because i get super annoyed with liberals just as much as i do conservatives sure and it's funny because I'll I'll do I'll do a show in LA and talk about breaking my feet and people like won't laugh like on my behalf like oh 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 you know when you talk about it, they they have to advertise like how much they care about you to the people around uh-huh. and but the fuck if they'll ever open a door for me when I'm like trying to crutch out or uh, like m- motherfuckers would be like button in front of me in line in the bathroom and stuff like really dude I'm on crutches. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, I'll be in uh, I'll be in fucking some conservative area like uh, you know uh, uh, wherever Iowa or some shit and um and and they're perfectly happy laughing at my broken feet, but they'll fucking open doors for me and bend yeah. over backwards to like <laughs> when I'm when I'm out in public, yeah. you know. It, and so uh, that that's that's kind of made me extremely uh, upset about fucking liberals. They they're all fucking talk. They don't actually <laughs> they don't actually do anything good for anyone other than a bunch of fucking hot air, um, and. And so, uh, so, so yeah, it's just, it's just so difficult. So, so that's, that's one of the big challenges, um, with, with doing that material is is that, uh, you'll see that sometimes in like, uh, cripple people or, or people talking about like some real dark shit, like getting molested or something like that or, or whatever it might be. And they'll be doing it in a really funny way, and an audience won't laugh like on their behalf. Yeah, like I'm gonna not laugh for you, <laughs> like motherfucker. I'm up here one to make you laugh, two because this is therapeutic for me to right. talk about. Right. You laughing would be helping me, <laughs> but you have to show everyone around you what a great person you are. Yeah. For not laughing at my plight. It's like, but I'm telling you to laugh. I'm on it. a first date. I'm trying to impress this girl. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So that, I'm that's sensitive. kind of an annoying thing that I've had to deal with lately. It, uh, you just recorded it. Like, pretty quick turnaround, right? Yeah, it was a real quick turnaround. So I'm still doing uh, some of the stuff in the act. And I, I'm just kind of deciding what to do moving forward. I have a, 
I have a few different ideas of some things that I want to do. I, I, I think I want to keep doing concept albums. Um, I just really like the process of it, and um, I, I think it gives me an opportunity to like say things that are somewhat meaningful. And um, and so, so yeah, I, I have a few different ideas of what my next act will be. And then I have other things just like ready to go. Like I could do an hour about psychedelics just like tomorrow yeah. if I had to. But and so, um, but that's like uh, that's a very very specific demographic <laughs> and i would and, and it's hard to like it's hard to work on those like i threw some out last night because it was a smaller crowd you know it was a tuesday night so i'm like well I'll throw out some i don't want to walk people because they understandably don't want to hear about psychedelics for 20 minutes straight or like i get that yeah i get why a person wouldn't want to hear it if they don't identify with it or understand like yeah, yeah of course um, and so, so I'm very careful with how I try that. And I don't want to be labeled as like some crazy trippy dude or whatever either. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm in a bit of a transitional period trying to figure out exactly. I, I have a, I have a few different premises of what I, I might want my next hour to be. So you know what it sounds like to me is that you go through some sort of transition every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. Because I look back at how we described the uh, first time you were on No Laugh Track. Yeah. And it was like, lots of changes in Shane's life. He's doing this. He's got a new girlfriend. He quit drinking. He's a uh, new approach to comedy. It was like... Yeah, yeah. Crazy, yeah. I mean, I think that... Uh, I've I've said since the very beginning that it, if a comic asked me for advice on... It just happened last night. Comic asked me for advice on like how to get better and be successful and everything. And and the number one thing that I always tell everyone is to just get out of your comfort zone and do things that you're nervous about. Do things that are different than what you'd normally would do, and just try um, try some other things because you'll you'll end up finding new aspects about yourself and new uh new ways of doing this and 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 you might come back to what you're originally doing yeah but but at least you know um once you've tried some stuff what works for you and and what doesn't so i intentionally and and that is speaking of you know talking about tripping stuff that's like I tried to practice what I preached last night. I did do like 20 minutes about psychedelics. There's a smaller crowd, and I was like, well, this isn't too... They're very good jokes. It's just, you know, not going to be for everybody. Sure. And and so I was like a little nervous about it. And so that's... And like, well, I'm just going to do this because I'm not comfortable doing it. Um, I was never comfortable telling stories on stage i was like a one-liner comic when i started and uh-huh. i just did all these weird jokes and now people are like oh this guy's a storytelling comic people think of me as a storytelling comic just because i pushed myself to do things that i wasn't necessarily comfortable doing at first crazy yeah. do you, uh, it uh you could potentially like someday do an album that uh, only appeals to to you really right well, that's the hope, you know, yeah. and that's the goal. Once you have an audience of people that know who you are, then you can do that. Right no. now, I mean, sure, I'm in Minneapolis. I have, like, some friends from high school and stuff like that that spread the word for me and come out and everything a little bit, but still I'm not, like, 
I'm not the kind of name draw where the room's just full of Shane Moss fans, <laughs> you know? Uh, Waiting for but, the... There may be or may not be a t-shirt cannon here this week. So yeah, yeah. We're not making any promises. All right. <laughs> the, uh, well, we should point out that the every review, literally every review on iTunes is five star. Uh, yeah, so far. Right? So don't screw that up for me, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and like the written reviews that I've gotten from the critics so far have been amazing. Yeah, and they do, and for the ones that I've read, do uh, describe it as you know what you've been trying to say here about um, you know a personal stories about what happened to you and uh, breaking your feet, yeah. as well as uh, you know mixing in the science. I don't want to give for people that haven't heard you know your your act on that album. I don't want to give anything away, but. Uh, I'll say about this album, it's the first time that I've put out something that I've been 100% happy with. Awesome. That I wouldn't change anything. I've never had even like a late night set that I don't look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have like maybe done this joke instead or delivered this in a different way. And there's there's none of that awesome. on, on, on this one. It I want to say came together. this isn't giving anything away, but I love uh, how at one point you describe how you sort of... The audience is unaware of it, but you kind of manipulate an answer that you get out of them, right? Oh, yeah, the right? percentage of assholes. Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. People like that. I joke. love that. A, uh, some, someone compared it to um, um, Penn and Teller's um, cup and ball in a, in a clear cup routine which i haven't uh i haven't seen no i don't uh, but i imagine like what <laughs> they do a lot of that stuff where like they're showing you what the trick is right. and it still works mm-hmm. at the same time that's the gist of it yeah, and okay. that's and that's kind of um what i what i did with that joke yeah. um yeah that that's actually a joke that i've had around for a little while i just always used it um that was from back when i i used to like push it with um tragedy and everything i used to use it every time there was a big tragedy i would be able to joke about the tragedy that night using that joke and it would work so it was just like <laughs> it was kind of like a mad libs sort of thing perfect. and yeah yeah <laughs> i love it we don't have, we i don't want to take up a ton more of your time here but um, whatever man we should we, we should uh talk about your podcast you've mentioned it a few times i I listened to. I'll, I'll be honest. I've listened to just one episode. That's all right. Uh, it's called, as you mentioned, it's called "Here We Are." Yep. And I found it on iTunes, yep. so people can find no laugh track. And, and you uh, can go to herewearepodcast dot com. Yeah, it has its own website. Yeah, I saw that. All the episodes uh, posted, mm-hmm. and uh, the one that caught my eye, because, like as you said, you're talking to scientists, and I got some questions about that, but. Um, I went to the zookeeper one. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was fun. That was the one that caught my eye out of all of them. Yeah, that was a fun episode. I really I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I and um just real quickly, there's a part in that episode where they describe you're talking about like the mating habits of like lizards. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. I know an outrageous amount about <laughs> mating. It's funny. I was like I like I told zookeepers like a couple things about how, how the mating works, but <laughs> it's a great conversation yeah, yeah. To, to hear a, a, a very funny comic talking to two. And they had really good personalities too. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, they played along great. Um, but then when they got to the description of tortoises having sex, 
Have you actually seen it? I think that I have, actually. Because I have. In person. At, oh, at, I've never seen it in person. Yeah, no, I saw I've it. I've seen it, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it on, you know, Animal Planet there, or whatever. I saw it in person uh, 15 years ago at the uh, zoo in Apple Valley here in Minnesota. And it is one of the, I'll never forget it. It's one of the most memorable <laughs> sights of my life. Yeah. And it was a lot like how they were describing it on your podcast. <laughs> the guy, there was a lot of people watching. There was a guy standing next to me holding his son, and he was going, look at her. He's hurting her. He's hurting her. Uh, and the, the tortoise's neck is stretched out uh, as far as possible. Uh, <laughs> it has the zombie arms out front. And unlike the description that, the, that uh, the people on your podcast were doing, I thought it sounded more like... <laughs> uh, that's but hilarious. I stood there and watched next to some guy and his kid for I don't know a minute or two. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love animal mating. I I don't think people realize how how much um, how much mating has to do with like really the meanings of life. Like we really are just here to reproduce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what I think in mating season, like a lot of people that don't really know much about it, they'd, they'd be like, uh, uh, they'd think, oh, he's just talking about men and women being different like everyone does. Right. But uh, uh, what the trick was, was I was actually talking about some very, very, very big concepts that are, like if you read books about this stuff, it is mind-blowing. Yeah. Like we are believe like most of our behavior is for reproduction whether you realize it or not almost everything you're doing uh, a lot of times the car that you're buying everything is is uh, driven by i mean our our lives are our generations are 30 years our lot we maybe live to you know what's the average uh, the th- 70s these days and uh and that is just nothing compared to our genes being passed on for potentially billions of years and and that is uh uh, that that makes your little time here as an individual fairly irrelevant compared to what your genes are trying to do and it's uh it's uh, yeah. It sounds very kind of dark almost <laughs> in, in a way, but it's it's absolutely fascinating. How did you uh, you used to do different? You used to do different podcast. Yeah, that yeah. ended. Yeah, double date podcast with um, me, and my ex girlfriend April Macy, uh, who is uh, she's a really funny comic, and we're still very good friends. And um, and um. You know, we we stopped doing it when after we broke. Actually, we kept doing it after we broke up for a little while, um, and then I broke my feet, and and it just didn't make sense to. She wasn't going to come over and hang out at your parents' house. Yeah, with you? no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we ended that. I mean, we would still both do it again if there was like a. a a offer for a television show or something like that us yeah. doing a double date with like celebrities or you know whatever whatever it might be um, so you started doing this new one yeah after you broke 
yeah, yeah. well, I was originally supposed to be doing it. The, the my first interview was going to be the week that I broke both of my feet. Oh, really? Actually. Yeah, okay. I, I was going to have two podcasts going at the same time. Oh, no kidding. Okay. And um, then I, you know, I broke my feet, and it kind of changed everything around. Yeah. Still, the first guest that I had was was the original like first guest, one of my good friends, Marty Hazelton, who's a professor at UCLA who studies a lot of mating stuff actually and um she does the social effects of ovulation um which kind of sounds um uh, you're like what the hell's that yeah um it does it's, <laughs> it's uh so females are um are fertile three to five days out of a month and during that time their preferences and behavior change um so so they look for like bigger more masculine men during that time typically um uh, looking looking for more for like genes right and the rest of the month they're looking a little more for um for like providers and and this is all just do surveys and everything and and ask people show pit pictures of of men to see what they're attracted to and there's just these shifts in in what they're looking for dudes it's just like always it's constant it's guys are real easy peasy to figure (laughs) out we we are fucking boring compared (laughs) to females females are fascinating man and and uh and there's stuff like um one of the big notorious studies is done by this guy Jeffrey Miller, who's a genius and also good at kind of getting attention for doing outrageous stuff. But he did this study, uh, and uh, that that became quite famous. Where he, I mean, and certainly in the scientific communities, anyway, I, I see a lot of people unfortunately don't um, know or care that much about science. But um, female strippers make about twice as much money when they're ovulating when they're fertile than they do the rest of the month what? yeah and uh, and there could be a whole lot of explanations for that it seems that when females are fertile um that their waist to hip ratio changes a little bit which um we non-consciously um uh uh are attracted to this waist to hip ratio women think that we we just want skinny women and that's because they're they can't be inside of our brains yeah. they don't know what we're looking right. we like curves mm-hmm. is is what we're responding to they see like the thin waist and think that that's like what we're responding to and it's it's not and so so culturally it might differ like some some cultures are into bigger ladies and everything else but there is this consistent like waist to hip ratio that's actually it turns out to be a um an indicator of fertility um we don't know this on a conscious level it's just (laughs) yeah uh it's just that how evolution shapes behavior is that guys that happened to be attracted to that particular shape happened to reproduce with women that were uh, better at delivering children or had higher rates of fecancy and um and so that could be a thing um skin tends to clear up when females are so the problem in the modern society is women are on birth control and they're not ovulating like they used to so it's kind of canceling out a lot of these effects but um 
so women's like skin clears up and, and and it seems like their face maybe even becomes a hair more symmetrical it's almost as if it's almost as if the body goes um so so like uh, uh when when you're when you're under stress the stress response system is meant to like keep you alive so if you break your feet and now got to crawl down a mountain for a few hours <laughs> Uh, your body's going to be like, all right, let's shut down the digestion system. We, we can worry about grinding up that sandwich or whatever later. Let's shut down the sex drive. This is no time to be having boners. You know, we don't need to worry about that. We need to po- get all the power to our muscles right now to get down this. So, so the body's primed in various ways. While females, when they're fertile, their biology primes them into mating, and a lot of their resources go into becoming fertile or breasts seem to become a little more symmetrical at that time is all all this stuff out it seems that uh there's some bizarre studies that show that um um the smell of their (laughs) vagina is better on 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 those days rated by other men which that's the craziest study i i just imagine it was just some dude in like a lab coat which is just like a trench coat for scientists uh, like walking around and going up to like students like hey kid next i got something for you to smell <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> they smell it like is that vagina <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you man <laughs> and and so and there's all these but it could also be uh, other effects that uh, women might be becoming more flirtatious during that time so it could be that strippers are becoming more genuinely flirtatious during that time and that's what's yielding yeah. them greater yeah. tips so so with all these behaviors this, there's this whole big web of causation and it's tough to tease apart any one effect but um but anyway, so so that's that's the sort of stuff that we talk about on a, on my podcast, and um, and I have an example silly. of the of how your how your body can uh, like how you said you know like oh you know I need to crawl down this hill because I broke my feet. Well, then I don't my rest of your body shuts down and you take care of what you need to take care of. Uh, Nick DePaulo was here mm-hmm. a few months ago and said I don't know we started talking about this, but he said. Uh, we started talking about having an upset stomach and and shitting yourself. And he made the point about how he's been worried coming throughout his you know long career coming out on stage like with an upset stomach. He said, but every time he it, he's never had any problem. Like you get out in the stage, and your body take your mind just, yeah, just yeah. Uh, all that leaves you. Yeah, yeah. It will it will take care of you for it, it, so we have. You know, we have all of these different kind of sub-selves within us. So um, it's more of just a metaphor, but I, I had a guest on, comes out next Monday, um, this guy Doug Kenrick, who wrote a book, uh, Rational Animal, which is, is really good and talks about these sub-selves. So think of this more as a metaphor than than, a, than like a cold, hard um, fact, and everything just breaks down into these perfect categories. So... So, um, for, for your genes to reproduce and pass on, there's a variety of different things that you need to do for that to happen in, in humans. And so, so he says there's these seven different sub-selves. One is for survival, like this night watchman guy. Another one is for, 
um, is, is for like avoiding diseases and bacteria and that sort of thing. You get skittish around bath, bathrooms or whatever, you know. Um, another one is for um, socializing, making friends and being out in public, that sort of thing. Another one is for status, so kind of understanding where you are on these many hierarchies in life and trying to get promotions or whatever it might be. Uh, another one is for mating or mate acquisition rather like so you have one for like picking up a potential mate or selecting a different mate um another one is for mate retention so okay mm. you you got this mate now you gotta hold on to him and that changes you know like being married is certainly a lot different than picking up a girl at a bar and then that'll be our next podcast uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and then uh, and then another one is for um, raising offspring. So, you know, yeah. people always talk about, oh, it changed my life. It was like it brought out this part of my brain that I didn't know was there. And, and, um, and so, so yeah, we have these, all these various subcells. So you hop out on stage or whatever, and that's, uh, you know, just a different subself kicks in. And, and, and this is all regulated through hormones. Like there's these glucocorticoids as this major player in these stress hormones that just do all these different things to say, shut down the intestines and stuff, which is exactly what happens, yeah. uh, under stress. So there's, uh, it's all regulated on this hormonal chemical level but but the kind of evolutionary theory behind it is is what is uh, really mind-blowing fascinating yeah how do you find all these guests they're not comics they're, well, they, they can't be your friends in everyday life well some of them are um i uh, when i got into science stuff i originally started trying to maybe pitch a tv show um about the science of sex originally so i've gotten away from that um and and that was, you know, like where mating season came out of and everything. And um, and I started reaching out to scientists who I liked. And then I kind of um, broke my way into these weird academic circles. And uh, it's strange, man. I don't even understand weird. how my life got where. Like, I've taught classes at UCLA now. Like, I never really? went to college or anything. Well, I helped another yeah. uh, teacher teach a class. Yeah. And, Even getting uh, invited in is cool, right? Yeah, it's really strange. How were you, like, in science in high school? I didn't care for it, really. Yeah. I was really good at math. Okay. Um, but, no, I never paid attention to, like, chemistry or anything like that. Yeah. I, I didn't really... No, I never cared about any of that would shit. Your teachers, uh, would any, would teachers from high school or, or, uh, would be blown away by your interest in it now? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, didn't get to, I didn't get to graduate from... I got a degree, but I didn't get to walk the stage. I got caught cheating in high school in some class I could give a fuck about, so I cheated my way through it. You know, I, I cheated my way through all school because I didn't give a fuck about it. And, um, yeah, like I was, I didn't go to college. I just want to be a stand up my whole life. Yeah. So, I mean, mo most teachers just wrote me off. And, I mean, I skipped school all the time just fucking go and smoke weed. And, and I'd show, in, in math classes, like I could teach any math class that, that I was in, like, no problem. Yeah. I always, I never had to try or anything and i always just got a pluses in it but everything else i just and that cheated, wasn't from cheating because math was the homework that oftentimes i had to cheat oh no no i was just i knew how math worked always all the time no problem it was just it like always clicked with my brain um 
and uh and yeah like i i could have i could have taught any i mean oftentimes i was like the go-to kind of like teacher assistant or whatever those are the classes that i got to be like the class clown in and stuff because i was i was you knew the, what was the going top on student yeah. so so they didn't care if i made some jokes here and there crazy yeah that's impressive yeah <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. What else? Is there something we haven't mentioned that we haven't covered here? We've been doing this for about an hour here. I do want to, I, speaking of that, your podcast, I noticed like some are like 38 minutes and then like, I think the newest one is like two hours or something. Yeah. So 38 minutes is an extreme and two hours is another extreme. Most of them are one hour. Yeah. Um, I think the 38 minute one you're referring to is probably recent and all that happens is that's happened a couple times now and it's happened because it happened one time because i was late um okay. showing up and they had to go um you know just a few minutes later or whatever and then it happened another time where someone didn't um i tell them i need an hour of their time but i also tell them I, it takes time to set up the equipment or whatever and maybe I didn't tell them, or maybe they missed that, but they didn't account for that. Oh, and yeah. so with the equipment set up, I, I only had... A lot of these people are exceptionally busy. Sure. I had uh, I had one recently. A lot of times I'm like reading a book per guest that I have is about the amount of work that I'm putting into um, potential guests and learning about this stuff. Well, I had... Recently I had just like in, in one of these weird circles like i was at a scientist barbecue one time and i met some other scientists and <laughs> dude i have a really strange life scientist uh, barbecue yeah yeah and and so so i met i met like these two i had this one guy on my show um and and then his his uh friend was there who's a professor at arizona state university and they also after the podcast they were real excited about what i was doing and then and then, um, and then they saw my stand up and were real jazzed up about it. And so he's like, "Oh, if you're ever in Arizona, I'll, I'll line up um, some guests for you. These are the episodes that are coming out now." So what happened was, he was like, "Oh, the, he was listing people um, that he could get," and I was like, "Oh, Doug Kenrick. I've already read his book uh, a few years ago. You could get him for me. That'd be great." And so I was like, "Line up." line up him for me and then i'll interview you while i'm there and then you know if there's like one other person or something like that because i figured with the kenrick guy i didn't have to do any research because i already read a couple of his books and and so so i was like i probably have time to do like one more and then and then he sent and then just one day he sent me an email and he's like all right here's your schedule and he lined up in this week that I was there. He lined up ten guests Holy for me, shit. and I was like, "Oh no!" Because this isn't all just stuff that I know. Yeah, like a lot of times I have to do tons of very. I have to learn about a whole new thing. Yeah, I like take a class on it or something like that online. Um, like I'll take a whole like semester long class quick online, like in a few days before an interview quick there's like there's some really great resources out there that people can find and uh like course era for example is a good one yes um yeah i just found out about really that about great. two months ago really That's really an awesome thing. really really fantastic free college classes and if you're on one and you don't think it's interesting it's just because you hit the wrong one they, uh, there are some 
I, I've taken some bad ones on there with some kind of boring professors. Yeah. And there's, there's some really, really, really great ones. This isn't like some bullshit, like what online universities used to be like. This is like people from Duke University teaching like the class yes. that they would be teaching at Duke plus with graphics and stuff Coursera so, yeah yeah right? there's a bunch of there's like um ah uh, I, I don't know I um at Ad, edX is another one there there's a bunch of different uh I, and then like MIT and like Stanford and stuff they're all breaking into they all have like their own thing yeah now so there's a million different classes out there that people can take it's really it's really amazing um but Anyway, because I I lined up ten guests, uh, and I I didn't want to tell the guy like, hey, you gotta tell people no, yeah, uh, I can't do that many. So I didn't have much time to prepare for some of these. And I remember I had this is this is the craziest thing that's happened so far on my podcast. I still, I can't believe it. Uh, the episode hasn't come out yet. But, okay, but um, this guy, uh, like I did a little bit of research. And it's like, okay, this guy studies AIDS, um, and it looks like he's won some awards or something like that. Um, but, you know, who cares? It's like you, you hear comics credits before you come on stage, and like, unless you're a comic, you don't know if those credits mean anything or if they're legitimate or uh-huh. not, you know? Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. Like, so what? You know, he's won some, everyone makes himself sound good and a bio or whatever and i'm talking with this guy and we're talking about the immune system and how viruses work and he's talking about like these vaccines and this these different things that he's working on and and what's been happening and how like some of them's been tested on um animals and they're getting ready for human trials and stuff and and like he's breaking everything down in this way that's just like make it was like making sense um and and like all of a sudden, he, he was just saying a few things, and these things clicked, and just like made so much sense to me that I was like, "I was like, hold on a second, like, are you going to get rid of AIDS?" And he's like, "I think I might." I go, "What? <laughs> I go, what the fuck? I go, what are you talking to me for, right, man? Right? Fix AIDS? You're gonna win a Nobel Prize? Right? <laughs> yeah." yeah. And so there's like, I mean, sometimes I'm talking with these people that are just like, I mean, incredible. And I can't believe that, you know, these are people care about the fucking Kardashians. Right. You know, it's disgusting yeah. to me. Yeah. And, and but but my podcast is doing it in a way that you don't need. I didn't have an education. You, you won't need to have any kind of an education. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to think you're going to be interested in any of this stuff. And I guarantee you will be. And it'll, it'll give you interesting things to talk about and conversations and stuff. And um, that's what I try to do is is tell people how it's in their own interest to do this stuff i mean everyone wants to sound smart yeah listen to my podcast and you'll sound smart it's cheating but that's good yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like that uh are you selling anything i always like to ask if people are selling things at the shows that people come i I sometimes do but no not here no No. i uh i i just uh i gotta give myself a break once in a while and 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 get my integrity charged back up (laughs) again before before i sell it all off after shows (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, I need that money. I, I'm I'm not in a position to not sell shit, but I just I give myself a merch vacation once in a while. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, 
And then, you know, if people want to hear everything that happened, you know, during your, um, you know, when you broke your feet, they can hear it on your, all over the place. We didn't need to get into all the details of that. You've told that story. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it get my album is a good start. Damn I've right. talked about it on some other good podcasts and stuff too. And you can go, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make sure and add this to, uh, I, I have a thing. I'm, I'm right now. My web guy's in the process of making a better, but I usually put um, a, lo- a lot of the podcasts that I've I've uh, been a guest on. I have a link to oh, like an archive on on my own website. I wish more comics that, did that. that. Uh, yeah, to to link. I mean, yeah, I'm grateful that people care about talking with me and everything, and I I think that a lot of times it's just a different thing being a guest on a podcast than like hosting a podcast yeah. you know and uh, so so anyway so so that's a good way to find out more about what happened to me as well and you can write me on twitter and facebook and i'll i'll link you to me telling the story um i uh i do have link. just one question regarding it so now you're to a cane yep did you did you ever think about that well that one's pretty basic like that's just like a well, did you think about getting a- the pimp cane? I did buy a custom cane, a really nice one, and then it broke immediately. Um, and this one oh, folds; it comes apart into um, a bunch of different pieces. So, describe for the audience what I'm doing. Yeah, well, at first, I would. Uh, there's like a you 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 know what it's like. It's like ten poles. Hello. That was awesome. All right, it's like a tent pole that it has like the string in the middle of the, of the uh, and then you had it all bent into like five separate pieces, and then just whipped it over your head, and it all straightened and went back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was cool. That's pretty awesome, <laughs> and it's un- unassuming for a twenty-six dollar cane. Yeah, for twenty-six bucks, you can all. I mean, it does look like an old person cane and stuff. I recognize that, but uh, but. Um, yeah, yeah, don't don't underestimate this. But you were boy. so like when it first happened, you were basically you. How were you getting around then? Oh, crutches for, for eleven months. I was on crutches. Did you did you use the a Kane's, scooter? I heard you mention you used a scooter. Well, I had a knee scooter for a little <laughs> while. My grandma's hand me down <laughs> knee scooter. Yeah, I used that to get around. Um, uh, which, by the way, uh, if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook and and click through my pictures you can you can see me at a skate park on my grandma's hand-me-down i think i remember with all with my foot all messed up and everything (laughs) i wasn't actually riding a half pipe that that was funny like i took all these pictures like me on top of a half pipe and then me like laying down at the bottom of the half pipe like i'll like i like i fell down and people like you're crazy man you're gonna hurt yourself like you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. Like, you just really thought I was riding around on a half No pipe. fear, bro. <laughs> no fear. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, you can go and check those out. There's some pictures of my zombie foot. My My foot was... Like it was exploding like for a long time, and uh, and so if you have the stomach for it, there's some real disgusting pictures. I remember, you know, seeing the stuff on Facebook when it first happened, and mm-hmm. it was like, holy fuck! Yeah, yeah. This dude destroyed his feet. I really did. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but the, the x-ray picture on the cover of the uh album's pretty cool yeah yeah that yeah. is cool huh yeah. uh-huh. that hardware is no longer my foot it's not it got taken out in january because it got infected and i got a bone infection i almost lost my foot then it was actually it was actually a way bigger issue um than the original break was um so yeah it's been kind of a long ordeal for me but you're you're this is the best you've been is right now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's you have two along. shoes on right now. Seems like it's seems like it's getting better. Um, you know, it's weird being on a cane. When I was on crutches, it didn't hurt. It was just a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm actually walking on it, it hurts yeah. with every other step that I take. So, uh, mm. so that's a pain. Yeah, but um, but yeah, whatever. But two shoes has got to be nice finally. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shane, yeah. this has been fun. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I, it's I, uh, nice to be back. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I, I really uh, respect your uh, approach to comedy. Thank so you. It's it's you know it's your own thing. I like that. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. Continued success, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks All for right. having me.